Welcome to the Awakening Podcast, where we have truth tellers and not whistleblowers, where we have facts and not conspiracy theories, the podcast with solutions. We're on BitChute, we're on YouTube, so be sure to share with your friends. This week, we've got a good friend of mine in America, Robert Sickler. Please welcome to the show. Hey, Roy, how are you? I'm very good. Look, it's I, I prefer when my guests introduce themselves rather than me scripting it. So you, you know yourself better than anybody. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm an American fellow. I live in Denver, Colorado at the moment. Um, and I don't know where to begin. I don't know what's relevant and what isn't for purposes of our conversation. But I guess I guess the first place to start is I've been in the wine and spirits industry for uh, a little over 30 years now. Um, I got started at a fairly young age, um, did all facets of the industry, starting off as doing, you know, busing and eventually doing waiting tables and bartending and being a bar manager. And then, of course, beverage director and then working as a wine and spirits salesperson for various distributors and working um, in the marketing angle as a brand ambassador for a big global whiskey giant. Um, and then also, um, opening my own bar uh, here in Colorado about five years ago and starting a whiskey and spirits in general consulting company and an event company where I do private tastings for people who are interested in enhancing their knowledge on um, spirits education, like their, the history, the origins of the, the categories of distillates, how they're made, what differentiates them from other spirits around the world. Um, and it's one, one of the things that I'm quite interested in is um, showcasing spirits that are done properly with um, ethics and with integrity. No fuckery as far as preservatives, um, additives, no cheating in the, in the process, really making things the way they were made generations ago, um, not washing it down, so to speak. And so when all of this COVID um, madness began, uh, I, w I was quite flustered and trying to figure out what to do um, because I I was fairly dreadful about the um, you know the future for my my um, bar and all of my employees who are some of the best human beings I had the fortune of knowing in my life and wanting to to find a way to keep this going and, and just not knowing what the hell how how far they're going to take this you know and I'm sitting at home during the day. Um, trying to figure out how the hell to handle my, my routine because I can't go to the gym. You know, I can't go do the normal things that I'd like to do as a free sovereign human being. So I stumbled across the whole podcast um, concept. I mean, obviously I've been listening to podcasts as you have for, for years and years, yeah. but I, I stumbled across the, um, the London Real course and that's where we met. And, um, and I kind of decided, you know, if I take this course, it will enable me to still be able to bring my voice um, out there to people who care about this odd little niche category of, you know, boutique artisanal distillates and beverages in general. It's not just about alcoholic beverages, but, um, and, it, and I can still showcase the people who I know and love. And so I started a, um, a whiskey or um, not a whiskey, a uh, podcast devoted to boutique artisanal distillates called Raise a Glass. And um, I've done, I think, 19 episodes now. And uh, each episode 
has focused on somebody who makes uh, or either makes or sources or imports or distributes uh, world-class quality beverages. And most of these people are individuals who I have a relationship with from my business who have, you know, have make amazing brands, their products that I believe in. And so that's given me some degree of sanity during all this, just to, just to continue doing what I love in, in some semi-normal fashion. Although I'm not a fan of the Orwellian fucking Zoom computer chat in general, I'm used to face-to-face -face dialogue with human beings. Um, this is a paltry substitute, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And are, are so the like, restaurant are like uh, are places closed now in your part? Are, are you allowed to open the bar? Yeah, um, many, many the, the rules are so crazy, Roy, that many people. Um, are just closing for the winter because I, I, well, one reason is a lot of these places don't have adequate outside seating. If you don't have outside seating, um, you're not allowed to have, you know, there's no dining allowed inside at all. It can only be outside. Yeah. Stay outside in the winter. That makes sense. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So safe. we want to keep you healthy. <laughs> yes. yes. So a lot of these places that don't have the outside seating, have no choice but to close. And they're of course all under this, you know, rather delusional um, optimism that, oh, once the vaccines get administered, everything's gonna go back to normal. And in the spring we'll be open and the summer's gonna be wonderful and it's gonna be gangbusters because everyone will be so happy to be out and about. And, and, you know, I just have to shake my head and say, you're not reading much, are you? Um, you're not researching much, are you? Let me guess, you're getting all of your information from the fucking corporate media that's filling you with nothing but mindless delusional propaganda. And the thing that's really striking about it is it's constant, it's it's interesting and it's fascinating how Orwellian it truly is, like contradictory messages over and over and over that's like slowly breaking down people's psyche and subconscious and their ability to think critically at all. I mean, most people don't even have critical thinking skills as it is. Imagine these same people being bombarded with fear porn 24 seven on their little boxes that they watch, whether it's a big box in their home or the, the one they carry around all day. And they are just, they're traumatized. They're susceptible to whatever programming um, is being put into their brains. And it's constant mixed signaling. Like at first Fauci saying, um, masks aren't necessary, you know, they're just, uh, it's a symbol uh, to make you feel safe. How many people saw this? Because no one seems to be aware of this conversation, this interview that took place. And of course, it's disappearing from YouTube. But because... I've seen it, it is there, you know, and yeah. there's people putting up, yeah, you will not see it probably on YouTube, but you'll find it on BitChute and a few other places. But yeah, I see yeah. this. Yeah. Individual platforms, thank God for them. But um, yeah, man. So, and then of course you have to wear a mask and then it's, oh, well, when we get the vaccines, everything's going to be fine. Well, then they're saying, no, you still have to wear a mask and social distance after the vaccine. At what point do these people come out of their slumber or their spell and realize this is not about protecting them. This is about control. And it's so obvious because none of it, just like you said earlier, like, we're protecting you by having you sit outside in 30 degree weather 
because sitting inside is very unsafe, but it's totally safe to get on a plane because you have a mask on. Okay, well, first of all, if you're sitting in a decompression chamber for eight hours at a time, look at these pilots that fly, you know, 24 hour or, you know, not 24, uh, 40 hours a week minimum, most of these people. If this was a true pandemic, the catastrophic losses of people in the airline industry would be quite measurable and observable. They're not dying. Um, I have a friend who's an airline pilot with a very large commercial airline. He's been with them 30 years. There's 20,000 pilots that work for them. Not a single pilot has been hospitalized from COVID since this happened. Not a single one. But I don't know where I was going with the, the plane thing. Oh yeah, so it's safe to be on a plane. Well, how, because you know people are asking me, why are you flying around? Why are you traveling during this? I said, well, trust me, if I thought that this was truly a deadly pandemic, first of all, it's observable. But if I thought it was, the last fucking place that I would get is on an airplane because you're breathing recycled air of every single person sitting on that plane right in your face throughout the entire duration of the flight. And all the stupid little face diapers that you can muster aren't gonna make a bit of difference. You know, it doesn't, that doesn't change anything. This is, uh, that's the one thing I agree with Fauci on, their theater, uh, but he quickly changed his mind based on his paid puppet masters. And then of course he has his own little army of puppets underneath him. But uh, none of this makes sense. And I'm, um, I'm concerned, I'm devastated, I'm heartbroken and I am infuriated in what has taken place to my industry. Um, because my life has basically been fueled by music, by art, and the restaurant bar industry. I've been in the restaurant bar industry my whole life. Um, I'm a big music fan. Um, one of the things that I love the most about my place is having live music and the ambiance that it creates and the magic that it creates. And to see all areas of social exchange being crushed irrationally and without any scientific validation whatsoever and to see so limited pushback is very, very sad and frightening and admonishing. Um, and the thing that really frustrates me is as all these bars and restaurants close, you have all the people posting sad faces and fuck COVID, but they're not getting angry at the actual people who are enacting these policies that are destroying our economy. You know, there's... Um, yeah, I, it's Stockholm syndrome on a level that I never thought in my lifetime I would witness. So now they're infighting and blaming each other instead of fighting up as we have a problem with, you know, for some time with propaganda, not even COVID related with humans fighting against each other. Um, as long as we're divided, we will fall. You know, this goes back to Rome and even before that, like keep the masses divided, keep them at each other's throats, and then you can enact a rule over them. Um, and that's exactly what we see. We see a very divided citizenry, not only in the US and, and all over the place, and the right versus the left divide, and everybody wants to blame the other side. And I think once people wake the fuck up and realize that we're all human beings, 
we all want to be able to provide for our family. We all want to put a little money in the bank for a future emergency. We all want to get together and laugh and we all want to get together and love and we want to raise a glass and celebration for the, you know, um, the things that we celebrate in life, whether it's birthdays or weddings or holidays, whatever the case might be. And that all of these things are being banned and it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, it's, well, it, it makes sense when you look at the bigger picture of what the fuck this is all about. But this is one of the things that I try to talk about with some of my friends in the industry is they're, well, this doesn't make sense. They're doing this, they're doing this. And, and I'm like, of course it doesn't make sense. Once you realize this isn't about keeping us safe, you start to see through the bullshit a lot faster. Well, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to go there yet. This is literally a conversation just the other day. Said, You're not ready to go there yet. How many bars and restaurants have been closed in our city? Dozens. And I'm talking institutions that have been around. Like we had a place, this legendary little jazz club, uh, El Chapultec closed after 80 years of business, 80 years. Um, they just couldn't hold on any longer. And the, and thing no is, pe pe the people don't realize that not only is that business closed, but most of them will be personally liable for the excess mortgage or whatever money is owed. And yes. they'll lose their house, their whole family. will. There is serious depression. And like I see it in Poland, I see it in our, it's everywhere. It is all over the world. And honestly, you're frustrated. I'm frustrated because I mean, I can understand at the start, we didn't know what was going on in March. It's kind of, I mean, you're awake anyway. You know a lot of the bad things going on. But after all the information that's out there, there's 10,000 doctors now signing documents saying this is yes. all fake. And yet people still, they're lining up, they're queuing up to get an injection. And, and every time you get a consortium of doctors who come together and they do a press conference or a, you know, a massive um, televised Zoom conversation, who bans it? YouTube bans it. Uh, Facebook bans it. Twitter bans it. We're, we're literally in a situation here in the States, well, globally, because these guys are controlling a, a global population. But it's like, um, I finally realized what it's like to live under a communist society, because that seems to be the exact uh, direction that we're heading. All of these, you can call it whatever the hell you want. But when everything you look at on on uh, mainstream media is state ran. It's like everyone, yeah, everyone here talks shit about RT. Well, RT is Russian state media. Yeah, it is. And it's obviously going to be relatively pro-Russian. What do you think CNN is? What do you think MSNBC is? What do you think Fox is? You know, they're all delivering you the same propaganda, the same script, just through a different filter that's going to appeal to your little indoctrinated identity, you know, whether you relate with team A or team B. And they've got people so duped and delusional that they associate their perception of this, this um, virus based on their political affiliation. Like, because you know, I noticed here in the States, if you if you if you have doubts about the the validity of all the shit that Fauci is saying then you're surely um, a right-wing Trump supporter. And I'm like, well, um, 
does that mean that every single human being who practices holistic medicine and natural health is a right-wing Trump supporter? Because I've been to a lot of natural path clinics and um, holistic health centers, spa, you know, massage. None of these people are waving, you know, the American flag and, 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 and hee-hawing for uh, Donald Trump. Th this is a whole demographic of America that believes in taking care of their own health and respecting their own body. And um, in doing so through proper living, through proper lifestyle, through um, you know, not using food um, and drink as a crutch and as a drug, um, but more as a way of um, enhancing their personal lives. And like, you know, vaccine, I, I, it's just, it's strange, Roy. Um, these people who, who think that by taking a vaccine, they're helping themselves, but they never stop to ask what the science is behind a vaccine what's in the actual ingredients, um, asking the doctor for the actual insert label, um, you know, looking up, doing a little research, especially people that are putting this shit in their children and like just looking into what are these ingredients? What are these adjuncts that are added? Um, and what type of studies are there out there that show what this can do to people in the short term and long term? I, it, it, the problem is it's this, really bizarre worship of authority that I don't know if society has indoctrinated that into people or if it's more this ancient primal DNA encoded like follow the alpha of the pack. I think mentality. I think it was indoctrinated in school. I think we were conditioned and our parents thought they were doing right was just letting us go to the school most people don't even ask their kids what they were told or what's happening they're just happy that they they don't have the child screaming around the house and unfortunately i don't even think half the teachers know what's going on either they're just following a system and basically yeah. everybody becomes compliant they want to get you into a corporation and just be a yes or no sir person and unfortunately I like I'm like I'm shocked at the different type of people because you would expect the lower educated people to be the ones that are totally asleep. And I'm seeing some highly educated people, which I am shocked. Some of them, yeah. they're owning multi-million pound companies and they are fast asleep. And like I think, I think it's because, Roy, a lot of these people who are considered less intelligent um, have what's called life experience and are street smarts, you know. Yeah. And they inherently question um, authority. They inherently question the state when it's telling them some to do something. You know, they, they, and so I, I don't think a lot of them know what's going on, but they certainly know that something's fishy in Denmark. You know, the, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm noticing that as well. And that's one of the most as, astonishing things about it. Uh, a friend of mine was telling me that he's got an, a friend who's a fucking astrophysicist, and this guy. Oh, it's a woman, um, is just hook, line, and sinker on she can't wait to line up and, and uh, get her little jab. And, and she's been um, running around with a mask on in her car, in her house, um, will not let anyone in her house without wearing a mask. And, um, you know, my thing is, it, if this were a pandemic, there would be no 
there would be no room for debate. <laughs> There'd be no room for argument. You know, you would know people on your street or in your community who have died. You'd have friends you worked with who died. You'd have family members who died. Everyone's like, oh yeah, 99% of people I know don't know anyone who's died from this. The few people I know who say somebody died, it's generally somebody who died with comorbidities or it's somebody who is very old um, who passed. And, uh, and the thing that nobody seems to like to acknowledge is the fact that we have anywhere from 50 to 80,000 people die a year from standard seasonal influenza. And that's one of the reasons that the immune system is really important. You got to keep it up. You got to build it up. And it's very ironic that the people that are proclaiming they want to protect us are telling people to stay inside and not be out absorbing vitamin D from natural sunlight, not getting fresh air, oxygen being fundamentally paramount to our long-term health. Um, and of course, wearing a mask all day, that's going to lower your oxygen intake. Um, and I, we don't need to, you know, preach to the choir. The, the fucking litany of studies that have come out from doctors and scientists talking about the insanity of this, including people who work for OSHO coming out and speaking about this, who actually are the ones that teach doctors about the proper usages of masks. You know, they're saying that medical practitioners who are wearing masks, rightfully so, during surgery to prevent, you know, spittle and other things from infecting an open person on the operating table, they are permitted to take these masks off um, for breaks throughout the day because it's fucking important, man. You know, you can't, and all the things that happen as a result from the bacterial buildup and the moisture and it, 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 it's, this shit is just completely crazy. It's completely crazy. Um, I, I reckon so there'll be a lot of disease because even though in, in Poland, you have to wear it on the street. Like, you know, the police are out there giving really high fines. And I, like when I'm in the car, I can see the dirt on someone's mask. I reckon there's a lot of people that are wearing the same mask since March. Yeah. What yeah. type of infections are they going to be giving themselves? And yet that's yeah. all okay. Or just the glass masks and everything. Like people should realize, as you've mentioned, we would be stepping over bodies if this was true. Absolutely. And how many people do you see in Poland driving around with them on their face in the car? Um, I've seen a few and actually one of the guys that I know done it and I just started mocking him. I was like, what are you doing? The same guy came into my house. This was maybe March, April. Shook my hand, sat down. We had a cup of coffee with another guy. Went away, had an ice cream. And then he got into his car and put on his mask. And I was like, I, I just, I was mocking him. And yet, you know, there's people doing these things. And it's like, I shake my head to be honest with you. It's sad, really. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad. It's um, because these people, they've truly been, um, I think it's a minor form of trauma. And I think this mask is like, uh, almost like a security blanket. And it's quite frightening. And I don't think that people really think about the deeper symbolic significance of walking around like this all day. You know, it's, from a psychological, spiritual, social level, it's just fucking nuts. And the fact that they're telling people that post-vaccination, you're still supposed to be wearing this, 
then what's the point of the fucking vaccine? And then they're saying they don't even know that the vaccine will prevent people from spreading it. Now, now we've entered a stage in human evolution where perfectly healthy people might be spreaders. Bullshit. Like, this is fucking crazy, man. This is nuts. Like, and they've convinced people. Like, I, I'm seeing people post shit like, well, literally just a few days ago, somebody told me that they were going to come do a particular um, event somewhere. Not an event, I'll say an appointment somewhere. And they couldn't do the appointment because they think they may have been exposed to someone who had COVID. They feel perfectly fine, but they're going to go get a test just to make sure they're okay. Who the fuck goes and gets a test when you feel perfectly healthy? I understand. I mean, I'm not the kind of person who relies on pharmaceuticals for anything. Personally, never have except when I was a child and I woke up then. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about that before um, we go, but wouldn't you think that the time to go get tested is if you're really fucking sick and you're not getting any better and, and you think that you, you might need some type of, you know, emergency medical um, involvement in your situation, but they have people lined out the parking lots all over the place getting tests who aren't sick at all. That's crazy. That's mass delusion and psychosis, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just regarding the pubs and in, in, in different things, you know, in the UK, it's 10 o'clock. So one minute past 10, they have to go because COVID is waiting there with his, uh, with his watch ready to pounce. So they say 10 o'clock, you have to go. In Ireland, you, you have to actually, in the pubs, you have to serve food or you cannot open. It's the same here because food, <laughs> food is a very strong um, fighter of COVID. Like when the COVID senses and smells the food, it runs the other way. The same thing when COVID seems to float about six feet um, in, the, in the atmosphere. But when you sit down, it's no longer there. So it's safe. You can take off your mask. Um, th these And these are the kind of things that all these folks in the industry are mocking and laughing about. And I'm like, if you realize that's bullshit, you may wanna start doing a little more um, algebra <laughs> or just basic math, basic analysis and observation and realize that when all of this, I mean, if, if some of it's bullshit, it's all bullshit, you know? I'm not of the camp that, that this, you know, does not exist. Um, but I'm certainly of the camp that it's not even a sliver of a fucking pandemic. Um, and I'm also of the camp that um, of what all the virologists, immunologists, biologists, stat statistician, what are the statisticians? Yeah, st yeah. Statisticians. Statisticians, <laughs> um, medical doctors who are involved in this day in, day out and have been for decades when they report Mind you, these are people that are not on the payroll of whoever the fuck is paying little Fauci to say whatever the fuck he's been dictated to say. These people work independently or, or they're stating their case independently based on their own observation analysis and um, scientific medical expertise that 
this is not a deadly pandemic. This is akin to a seasonal flu. This isn't my opinion. This isn't what I'm stating or dictating. This is what I've heard from medical experts. And I would rather take the advice of 100 to two or 3,000 medical experts than one who's getting paid to say the shit he's getting paid. And again, why people can't, you know, realize, it's like all these, this is the, the funny thing, like all these people who are anti-corporate and anti, um, you know, um, lobbyists and, uh, and all, of the, all of the corruption that we see with, you know, with big corporate control over our political process and our economy and our culture in general, the same people who preach and fight against this are all willing to believe whatever a bunch of gigantic big company pharmacies uh, or pharmaceutical companies are telling them. Like you do realize that they're not um, little elves sprinkling pixie dust for you out of the benevolence of their heart. It is a multi-billion dollar industry, one of the most powerful globally in the world. And they're not thinking of your health and longevity. If everyone's healthy, they don't make any fucking profit. You know, they, it's a sick industry. That's what they rely on is repeat customers. A patient for life is what they want. Yeah. And, and it was like when Reagan uh, was in power, because everybody goes, oh, Reagan was brilliant. Like he voted in the bill where there was yep. no, like they, they weren't liable for the vaccines. And vaccines then just went through the roof, the amount that you had to get. And Absolutely. I mean, like uh, d the different things that go on with the pharmaceutical. I mean, I mentioned it before that uh, they all do kickbacks. I mean, I, I've been confirmed that by a top consultant, like every single one of them do kickbacks. So you're going to trust your life with a company that bribes doctors and consultants and everything and shame on them, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, the, uh, there's a lot of doctors you take your hat off because they've come up, they've stood up against it because, you know, there's a lot of them are risking their jobs because unfortunately, and I've even seen it in Poland, talk to somebody here and, and they're basically, you know, getting them to sign stuff that's backdated and everything to make it look like, you know, you're compliant. And if you're not, yeah, you're no longer needed. And that's a shame. And so when somebody does stand up, you know, they're really putting their life on the line. But the reality is, if you don't, it's a million times worse. <laughs> what you're, you know, and you're conforming to that. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it does take a very bold, principled individual to step out and speak out knowing the backlash from their professional community can be swift and severe, despite the fact that they're going to have, you know, a significant portion of their people call them um, and, and, you know, say, oh, my God, that was so brave what you did, blah, 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 blah. Well, if it was so brave what they did, then maybe you should step up too. Uh, because I think that's the only thing that's going to halt this madness is if doctors in masks come out against this. And we already see, you know, there's, there's thousands of them that have come out, but it's apparently not enough. Um, I don't, it, it, but the thing is, man, this, the, the media is a very, corrupt dark force all of the information and studies and trials that you could possibly bring to the surface are completely irrelevant if the media is 
banning any of them from being brought for the people to see. So you've got the media that's just script readers for whatever lobbyist and, and corporation is lining the pockets of the owner of the media company. Um, basically only reporting what they want to be reported. And then you have the, this little sick fuck at Twitter. Um, God, what a, what a loser, dork, creep that guy is. This fucking idiot. Looks like he fucking crawled out of some, uh, uh, I don't want to go into it. It's, it I, I can't, I don't have time to come up with the words to suffice to describe his, how repulsive he is to me. But this guy, who in the fuck is he to think that he's the arbiter of what people can say and can't say on Twitter? Now, I get it if he's filtering out just straight up toxic vitriol garbage that's, you know, bigoted or racist or, or threatening murder on, on people. You know, of course, that there's no room for that in, in discourse. And, it's a, and it is a private um, company, let's face it, at the end of the day. But when you're deleting people who are posting things where their politics just don't align with your own, you're a fucking asshole, man. You're, you're just a dipshit piece of shit. It, it, you either believe in freedom of expression for all people, including the people you hate, or you don't believe in it at all. And that's the kind of shit we're seeing with with uh, Twitter and what we're seeing with, of course, little Zuckerberg and um, all of these other tech companies that are essentially blocking out legitimate knowledge of health practitioners who are trying to alert the American people that there's more than one way to boost their immune system to stay safe during a pandemic, you know? Um, that's the other thing that, that you know, is a, is a big um, eye-opener for so many people is there was never any mention of vitamin C or zinc or, or um, fresh air. In fact, when doctors did try to recommend vitamin C, their stuff was deleted from the media um, atmosphere. Um, there was nothing. And then, of course, gyms. Gyms are closed. Okay. One of the most healthiest things you can do is physical exercise and they're banning that. And of course, saunas, so healthy to, to sweat out um, exactly. toxins and, and to boost your heart rate. And, you know, it, basically it, it, it initiates a natural fever where your body re releases funk. And that's, they say that um, they did a study of um, older men in, it was one of the Scandinavian countries, I think it was Norway. And it was like a 20 to 30 year study of men who spent time in the sauna. And basically the men who went once or twice a week had a significant increase in their lifespan and their health and their vitality. The men who went every day, it was, it was like, I, I don't remember the exact statistics, but I know that Dr. Rhonda Patrick is one of the people who um, spoke about this some time ago on, um, on Joe Rogan. So I'm sure that interview is still out there, but uh, super healthy, you know, for the body. And I quit my gym because they wouldn't open the sauna. I'm like, well, if you're not going to open the fucking sauna, I have no reason to come to the gym and work out. So I went to another place that doesn't have a sauna, but it's a lot cheaper than the other place. And, uh, and you could still work out, but mind you, you have to wear a fucking face muzzle. Um, and, you oh, know, I, I dangerous status. 
It is. I, and I expressed my, my, trust me, I'm not going to get on a, on a treadmill and run full blast blocking my, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's ways to get oxygen. Um, in fact, I have a certain mask that enables me to, to breathe quite well. <laughs> it, it's about as thin as fucking rice paper, um, but it's a face covering. So go fuck yourself. I'm yeah. wearing a face covering. Yeah, then um, accept it, yeah. But the, you know, the guy just said, cause I said, I go, you do realize it's, it's not safe to engage in cardio covering your face so you can't breathe adequately. And he goes, I, I could not agree more and, and we cannot wait for this bullshit to end. But if we don't have people in masks, they come in and evaluate us all the time and monitor us. If there's people now in masks, we'll get closed down and we just wanna keep our doors open. So I, under, I understand the situation, you know, we're in the same situation with my business and, and my staff has been absolutely fucking amazing about um, trying to weather this um, in a way that still practices hospitality while trying to abide by whatever mandates have been have been laid down, you know, um, which is just so frustrating and, and demeaning as a human, you know, to think that you have to pretend like somebody standing up with a mask is is um, cool, but the minute they sit down, they can take it off and like really. Yeah, I mean. You know, and even my son said to me, like he's nearly seven now. He was like, four-year-olds don't have to wear a mask. And he's like, what's the difference? Does the virus kind of know that <laughs> they're four? <laughs> and I know. Like, you know, when a child can actually see the stupidity of it. Well, we have to close at eight o'clock. I mean, you have to ask yourself, what's really the point of opening a fucking restaurant or bar if you're closing at eight? I mean... It's nuts. And we, we open traditionally at five. So we have three hours to do business. Like, uh, you know, the, and anyone who doesn't realize this is a concerted, deliberate effort to crush small business owners. If you think otherwise, you are so delusional that you are beyond hope and help. Walmart can be packed to the gills. That's totally cool but the little mom and pop Ace Hardware store next door has to be closed. If you're cool with that, you're a despicable human being. You really truly are. Um, the same with uh, like Amazon. I mean, there's thousands of people, probably hundreds of thousands of people working there. Yeah, no problem there. Yeah. All these guys, their wealth is doubling, whereas the rest of the people, they're losing everything. Everything. And their dignity, you know, to, yes. to, to shocking and why would you be doing that would you be doing that because you care about the citizens no and and then the other thing is you know you you could rationally convince some of the most staunch skeptics of all this that you're doing this because you care about the citizens if you actually paid them a motherfucking universal basic income during this time, I'm not talking about forever. I don't believe in um, the state fucking, I don't believe in communism. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not a big fan of universal basic income whatsoever, but for older people, absolutely. For people who have, um, you know, health issues where they're unable to work, of course they should be taken care of. Um, but in general, if we're not working, you know, 
producing, you're not going to have an economy for very long. And, and we're witnessing that right now because our economy is utterly collapsing. But back to what I was saying, like, we've seen the largest upward transfer of wealth to the top 1% during this calamity than we've seen in the history of the United States, at least in the US. I don't know about other, other countries, um, but I wouldn't be surprised. And again, no one's putting two and two together. You know, all, all your friends and family are losing their businesses. You're all losing your jobs, but Jeff Bezos is, is raking in billions of dollars. Uber's billions of dollars, Walmart billions, all these big state stores, let's face it, that's where we're heading. These, these giant corporate conglomerates are gonna be like, it's like this technocratic fascist medical martial law um, Black Mirror episode. Um, and restaurants and bars are evil and spread COVID, but Walmart with its daily freak show you witness with, I mean, well, you've never been to Walmart here. Um, Walmart's bringing- I have great. actually, I've been to the States a few times. I've been to Walmart, yeah. Oh, uh, well then you're, you're familiar with uh, the aesthetics of uh, Walmart, the, the glorious populace that goes in. And, I, and I'm not trying to sound like a snide asshole because you know, some of these people are just, you know, they're, they're a different breed of humans and they're just trying to get by. And, and some of them are fucking mentally ill. I mean, that's just the reality. People in, in deep, deep, deep financial restraint, they go there because that's, they can get the most bang for their buck when they're trying to buy shit to feed their family, even though it's all toxic and not all of it to their credit, they've started doing organic food. So I will give them credit there. Well, I'd, I'd let you just so you know, there is a lot of corruption in the organic side as well. So well, there's times that they say it's organic and it's not. And absolutely, you know, like absolutely. that's, that's one thing that I think that people who are, let's say not fast asleep, but they've one eye open. If you look at, Aspartam, microwave ovens, anything to do with health, all the sugar in all the products. You go down the aisles and you've got all these toxins. There's more toxic ingredients than anything that's actually beneficial for you. And that's allowed. Yep. So now you think your government, who actually cares for you so much, has got your health. You know, they want to make you healthy. So, you know, that should slap you in the face of reality. It should. Like there's there was um, something I saw a bit ago that, showed uh, the average bottle of commercial ketchup in, in the US and then compared it to the, the ketchups that one finds in Europe. And uh, ketchup is kind of like, over there it's like, oh, you got your um, tomato paste, you've got a bit of uh, fructose or glucose and um, you know salt, pepper, and some other bullshit. Here it's high fructose corn syrup, you know, F6514 Mudagalarubadin, Kubalabadubadin, like all this shit that, that basically your great grandmother would say, don't put that in your body, you know, under a million years. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, our water's poisoned, our food's poisoned. Um, I could go on and on uh, about the ways that they're actually, um, you know, causing disease in our in our country but yeah that's a very obvious one isn't it like that most people just overlook if your little overlords cared about you so much would they allow food companies to put all of these toxic ingredients that have been proven to cause disease and cancer 
and a myriad of other health ailments to people consuming them. But they don't, they never have. And sorry to burst your bubble, governments are not benevolent entities out to give you a safe space. They're consisted of human beings, most of whom are corrupt and easily corruptible because power easily corrupts and money corrupts even faster. And um, just because some idiot is talking on a TV screen and has the right suit or the right haircut or spouts the right ideology that resonates with whatever you think the world should be based on does not mean they have your interests at heart. I, I'm of the belief that 99% of all politicians are one step above used car salesmen, if not beneath used car salesmen, because at least a used car salesman is working for a living. Um, <laughs> you know, they might lie a bit to make their shit sell, but fuck, they're out there standing on the lot all day, engaging people and trying to make a living where most of these politicians are nothing more than parasites, extracting our tax dollars to do shit with them that has nothing to do with our benefit whatsoever. And they're trying to eliminate social security in this country, you know, like, it, and Biden's one of the biggest proponents of ending social security. He's been ranting about it for 40 years. And there's people that are ecstatic that he's getting elected. The guy that did the three strikes you're out, put more, uh, African-American men behind bars than any politician in history who uh, is responsible for the failed state of Libya where we actually have open um, slave auction markets in the streets. I mean, but, but he replaced the, you know, the narcissist orange orangutan, so that's wonderful. You know, I, I'm not a fan of politicians, um, but, but there are a few good ones out there. Um, and they're sounding the alarm and I give them mad respect for doing so because they get a lot of shit back for it. And they put themselves at risk, great risk, not only professionally, but you know, look what happened to the last president who tried to speak out about uh, corruption um, in the inner echelons of government. Um, I think that was a reality check moving forward like uh, know your place, you know, you're just a little puppet to appease the masses and make them think that, you know, they have some say in the process. Um, anyway. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen that because like, especially with Irish politics, because, uh, you know, even though I'm living in Poland, I'm constantly watching what's going on. And like, we've got the left and right have come together with the Greens and the whole lot of them are corrupt, every single one of them. And then I saw the opposition thinking they might be good because they're called people before profit. But if you look at what they're posting, there's there's nobody there. So they're all, and as you say, if they don't toe the line, then the odd one gets kicked out because they think they're bigger than they actually are. And the reality is there's a level above them controlling every single government, controlling every single thing. And people then just listen to the media, listen to what their governments are saying, and they just line up for their vaccines. And You'd want to turn off your television, turn off your radio, because, I mean, if I listen to music on the radio, the minute the news comes on, like, I, my finger can't touch the button to turn it off as fast as possible. And the first thing I'm hearing is COVID. And it's like, you're like, even my my, my son, like, you know, he's, he, he, he doesn't want to be hearing it either. Like, we just turn on the CD. That's what you do. And, like, what, what my fear is, 
especially elderly, you know, because a lot of people are not getting out. And now, even in some countries, they're not even allowed to visit the elderly. They're listening to only the media. So they're fearing for their life, believing all this crap. And yeah. now they're going to line up and get injected with God knows what toxins. Like we know, we've seen the ingredients and like, like our, the video that I, I had banned on YouTube, the last one with Chris, like we were talking about what Pfizer's were doing. And as it turns out, the, a day later, there was like two by the FDA declared dead. Now I think it's six. So if they're saying there's six, you can probably add on another zero onto that because they don't want to, us to even know that. So they release as, as little information as possible. And is that worth the risk to supposedly protect yourself from a virus with uh, what, 99.98% they've got it at now, recovery rate? I mean, I, I just don't, I don't understand um, people's disconnect with the facts. Um, and here's the other thing I was just thinking about, man. We've had all this downtime, right, uh, um, around the globe from all these shutdowns. You would think that that would enable people some time to do a little reading and a little research. And, you know, I, I'm sure you're of the same volition. As soon as all this shit happened, I spent hours a day. I still spend hours a day reading medical journals, reading uh, scientific literature, reading um, or watching um, conversations from doctors and scientists and conferences and I am extraordinarily uh, vested in trying to figure out what is going on in the world. And I am not relying on some dipshit paid fucking idiot in a suit and a really stupid haircut reading a script that is the same exact script that every single other person who works for that news network nationally is stating to the masses. I mean, You've seen those, you've seen those clips where they have like, you know, all the different media personalities and they're all saying the same thing. All and around the world, not just in America of them doing it, but they have the BBC. I mean, the BBC are the same as CNN. Oh, the whole sure. lot of them just basically regurgitate the crap, the crap that they're told to, to say. And yeah. unfortunately, people are taking it in. And I don't, I haven't. I, I stopped watching corporate media basically during the first Gulf War when they were trying to lie us into Iraq. It's when I was like, I'm done with this bullshit. Fuck all of you. But now and then just engaging in society, you'll come across it. Like the other day I was getting my, um, my tires repaired and uh, CNN's on and in, in the waiting room of the, the um, tire shop. And it was fascinating to watch. It was like, it was almost like being in a casino with all the flashy lights and the and where the people are just walking around in a day is kind of numbed and they they stay in this little weird creepy wonderland spending all their money in these slot machines thinking they're going to get something out of it I, i'm sure some do whatever and no offense to you who are gambling addicts but fuck gambling um but there it, it's a similar thing like the it's all these weird um numbers like cases 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 and like none of these people are reporting deaths and when you look at the deaths per year from 2019 to 2020 and 2018 2017 
it's a very average, it's the same, it's exactly what would have been projected 10 years ago following the numbers of deaths by, in, by population increase. We've had no increase in deaths since this has happened that's beyond everyday normal life. There's um, a guy called Ivor Cummins who does a load of reports. I think he's an engineer. He basically covers America as well. And he's shown the statistics for years in the different countries. So he's just proved your point and yeah. it's all there. You know, he has exact figures, government figures, showing yeah. that nothing has changed. And here's the scary thing, Roy, when you show this to people, some of them won't even look at it. Others will look at it and they'll just instantly dismiss it because they didn't see it on their TV box. That's fascinating. Like, I don't know how, if we even have a human civilization in a hundred years from now, how they're gonna report this phenomenon. It, it's a really strange, surreal psychop that, and that's, that's the other brilliant thing about it is your average day simpleton is like, well, if this wasn't real, why would this be going on all over the world? Not realizing that all of these governments are all on the same tit, ultimately. Um, bribed by, I mean, all you have to do is follow the money. You know, the World Economic Forum, who's it funded by? World Health Organization, who's it funded by? How much money do they stand to earn by mandating vaccines across the world? You know, just on very elementary base level one right there, like follow the money. Um, but people, people are traumatized and when they're scared, they're in a state of submission. And I think the masks are another symbol, symbol of um, submission. And that's more for the, the higher ups, demented glee than anything, I think. But, but I think that what happens is these people, when, when you're scared, you're easily controlled and controllable. Um, it's a natural animal thing, you know, like you, you, you put someone in a state of, of fear, you can uh, dictate shit to them and order them much more effectively than somebody who is not. And so they've got the, the population in a state of fear. Um, and what I don't understand is if, if people know that after taking this, they will not actually go back to normal and they will not have normal freedom, why would you take it? I just, there's, there's so many angles to this that I don't get. I understand somebody who, I just want to go back to normal. I just want to have my life. I want to go out and have a beer with my friends. If I have to take this, then I'll take it. I mean, that's not me in a million years, but I understand someone who thinks like that. There's people that, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words because I remember um, about five years ago, during some other health scare in China and all these people running around with masks on as they do. Um, and uh, somebody asked an American reporter, do you think that, that uh, if, if a pandemic ever came to America that um, Americans would agree to run around wearing masks? And I remember the reporter saying, oh, that would never happen. That would never happen in the US. Um, people are way too stubborn, proud, um, defiant and uh, independent, and they believe in freedom and freedom of movement and um, of self-expression, etc. There's no way that would happen. And I remember 
seeing that and chuckling and saying, yeah, there's no way in hell. Uh, and I have no, no hesitation to critique my own people and my own country when, when applicable. But during the time I was like, there's no way in hell that Americans would agree to that bullshit. And now here we are and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I am aghast. I mean, I'm aghast, but we got, you know, one thing I can say is <laughs> one way to spin this in a way to, to prevent one from being immersed in um, what's the word I was looking for, uh, existential horror and angst is to say, well, we're certainly living through one of the most interesting periods of human history in the last 50 years, that's for sure, or 100 years even. Um, this is a really interesting experiment to witness beyond the darkness and depravity. It's, it's a psychologically speaking, sociologically speaking, it's a doozy. I mean, it's fascinating. Um, and the way that this is playing out in just different states of the US and then how it's playing out in different countries and different sections and, and who's coming forward first. And isn't it interesting that the motherfucking French, God bless them, are, are fighting their fucking asses off in the streets, like revolting, like, like they always have. And it's funny because in America, you know, there's this constant, um, this constant notion that the French are cowards and they have no backbone. And if it weren't for Americans swooping in during World War II, they'd be speaking German and blah, blah, blah. And dude, there was a French resistance during World War II. Um, and, you know, I'm not one to like, I don't know shit about French military other than their, you know, Napoleon did a lot of bullshit invading other countries that he shouldn't have. I think most countries have in their past. Anytime, anytime a culture or a country gets too strong, they try to throw their dick around and go invade other countries. It's human nature and it's fucked up and it's wrong, but it's not only Europeans. It's every fucking race and ethnicity of people when they get power, act like assholes. But it's interesting that the French seem to be pushing back against government corruption more than anyone else. And the Germans are stepping up a little bit and England is stepping up a little and Americans are still like little fucking five-year-old school children. Um, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if they try to force this shit on people, they're going to see um, a silent majority of Americans that are going to um, lose their shit and it's gonna be expressed. It will happen. But right now they're doing this slow tiptoe process where, um, well, you don't get to go to any shows, Ticketmaster concerts if you don't have your vaccine and you can't fly in these. But I think a lot of that shit's gonna collapse though because even the people that I know who are naive enough to, to believe what they're being told on the media. The majority of people who I know, who I've talked to about this, have said emphatically they will not, they will not take the vaccine. Even though they believe that there's a deadly pandemic and they run around dutifully wearing their masks, blah, blah, blah. They won't go that far because they at least have the fucking brains to realize, why would I inject something in me that's been put out in less than six months when the standard time to create a vaccine is 10 to 12 years, there's been next to no safety trials. There's been no animal studies. The first human people that have taken it, there's been neurological damage. There's been the, the, um, that crazy 
what's that called where you get the paralysis in the face that three or four people got? Uh, I mean, this is right from the beginning. So I think your average Joe's like, I think I'll take my chances with my immune system then inject toxins into me to protect me from a virus uh, that could compromise my health, putting it lightly. But that's the other thing that, that you have to wonder is why they're, why they're forcing this to the extent they are. Like, why don't people, and, and here's a question for you. Do you think, do you think that there's some kind of subliminal manipulation and brainwashing taking place on the media that's got these people like in, in this the zombie robotic state definitely I mean, <laughs> like uh, i mean you, you're aware of my blocking on the facebook because you know even on my my page my facebook page it says uh this site um mentions <laughs> about vaccines and you should go to the world health organization i mean of anybody to be directing it uh, so not only that but every single thing like uh, if you look at the, the youtube you know you're not being blocked on youtube i have recorded um things for youtube showing that my child was watching some cartoon and at the start of it it was a uh, you better give this a thumbs up or you're going to get bad luck for the next 10 years i'm like what and there was something else there was another thing it was a kid's thing and the guy had another kind of bullet things for guns like a compressed gun Mm -hmm. The guy took them bullet things out, the compressed air. With, with, I'm shown with a hammer how to blow a car. So you put these two into the back. And I was like, a child would blow his hands up. That's on YouTube. And yet me explaining about Pfizer's and basically how much corruption that they've done, the amount of uh, fines that they've got from America, the, for every single thing that they've caused deaths to, like even the thalidomide. I'm not sure who was actually, which pharmaceutical company with the thalidomide, but they knew what that was doing. They still rolled it out. And when yeah. they were caught, they actually changed the name and, and started doing it in, uh, in South America. Like that is sick. And yet people are like, I, I know we discussed there earlier. You might actually mention that because that was very relevant as well. What you had said with the, uh, the, the lady, that, that actually worked for uh, the pharmaceutical. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, Brandy Vaughn was her name. And um, I came across her. Um, when did I come across her? Uh, it was about, no, it was about a year ago that I, I stumbled across her in, in social media. And uh, she had worked for a uh, pharmaceutical company for, um, I think three or four years, and then um, that that one of their one of their main products was causing heart attacks and uh, strokes in people. And um, when she came to basically the awareness that they were completely, you know, uh, indifferent to this situation or matter, it kind of opened her eyes and, and made her realize she didn't want to be a part of that industry any longer. And she left, and she then became. Um, uh, an anti-vaccine advocate. And of course that ruffles the feathers of um, some of these individuals. And uh, she was getting death threats relentlessly and started having mysterious shit happen to her house when she wasn't there. Like at one point she had stated something to the degree that she felt like even though she had maximum security, she, she literally described her house as Fort Knox. Um, 
she said she still felt like a sitting duck. Um, and then like a day or two later, a duck appears on her patio table outside. And then she went away for a few days and there was a ladder from inside her garage that was outside next to one of her windows. Um, another time she came home and her laptop was taken from a secret location where she had it hidden in her kitchen and was on her kitchen floor. Anyway, this woman was, um, was a single woman, um, had, had a beautiful little boy who is now nine years old. And um, she was very known and very loved and very respected in the, the holistic um, naturopath community and the alternative healing and holistic healing community. And, um, and of course, in the, the vaccine skeptic community. And uh, her son found her dead uh, yesterday, the day before, um, lying on the floor. And uh, she had made a post last December that uh, stating she suffers zero depression. She's extraordinarily healthy. She's very happy. Um, she loves her little boy. She takes no drugs. Um, There's like 10 things that she stated basically indicating that if something happens to me, there's foul play. Um, I'm scared for my life. And uh, lo and behold, a year later, she was found dead um, and her, uh, her little boy found her. And this poor little boy is without a mother. And, um, and of course, you know, she's got to go fund me. One of her people started to go fund me to hire private investigators. And that's what she requested in her list is I, I would like a private investigator to look more into this as deep as they can go and please raise as much money as possible to, so they can connect the dots. Um, so people are in the, you know, they're in the midst of raising money to try to look into this. And so far the, <laughs> the, uh, the report from the uh, medical examiner is that it was a, it was a natural death. Mind you, she was 47 in great health, um, radiant human being. I don't think too many people are, um, are believing that it was natural, but I'll leave my, um, my beliefs at that. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know what to make of it. You know, things do happen. People do randomly die of weird shit sometimes. You, you never know. But uh, I also know when, when you piss off certain industries and put yourself in the crosshairs and then they give you warnings and you, you, you disregard those warnings, sometimes shit happens to people. And uh, it's some real fucked up, inexplicable darkness, um, no doubt. But again, it's it's hard to make any assumptions until until we can get more um, you know research done into what type of uh, writing she may have had you know right up until the moment, um, and maybe they can analyze you know she may have had uh, backup video um, surveillance at her house that they may not be aware of, that, that could be sourced, you know, who knows? Who knows what this woman did? She was obviously scared for her life. She made it very clear. And if I was scared for my life, I would have more bugs known to man throughout my place. I'd have hidden cameras fucking everywhere. And, I, and, uh, and of course be armed to the teeth, which I don't think she was regrettably. So we lost a beautiful woman, um, the world did. And uh, of course she's one, you know, one of, there's like close to a hundred 
holistic doctors who've all died of very mysterious circumstances over the last five years. And um, that's some really dark, ominous shit. You know, when you're, and basically what threat do they pose? They're basically competition because they're selling ideas and modalities for healing that do not involve pharmaceuticals. So these people are willing to murder somebody over profit. Yeah, because they can't they can't pay that. So when somebody's got a natural cure, you know, that's yeah, they want them out of the picture. So it goes with that and it goes with patents as well for you know technology. They either buy it and park it. Are they the guy disappears? I mean, we've seen a yeah. lot of that going on. They want to monetize and, and commodify and and uh, own patents on everything, and that's why, of course, why they're against herbs um, as healing um, because you can't patent herbs. But and, and the irony is they've already they've already kind of done this because mostly all pharmaceuticals are based on natural herbs and um i'd say herbs for the european listeners because it's only the americans they they silence the hedge i don't know why (laughs) us crazy americans but yeah man um what the fuck did we use before 90 years ago is when pharma basically came into being and my um my great great grandfather was a um very respected medical doctor they have a giant statue of him and they even secured his office that he worked out of in his community. And my aunt who lived to be 109 years old, wow. that's that's my Scottish side. Um, she had red hair until she was uh, in her early nineties. But she told me that she used to go out, she was a nurse for like the first um, 10 years of her life. And then she went into education as a teacher, but um, she would go out into the fields and she knew all the different plants and the flora fauna, and she would collect the herbs and come in and grind them in a mortar and put them in capsules for him to prescribe. And uh, that was medicine. Now they're creating drugs and they're calling drugs medicine and calling medicine hocus pocus, you know, nonsense. Like, I don't think there's anybody in the entire world that doesn't acknowledge the role and relevance of plants for healing. I mean, they've been used by every civilization in the world for healing therapeutic purposes everywhere in the planet. So there all are there are alternatives to taking things made in a fucking factory. And I'm not into taking shit from a factory. I never will be. It's not going to happen. I don't, if you want to go for it, like it's fine. Like I don't, I'm not here on a, I'm not on a mission to tell people how to live their life. I'm on a mission to allow people to live their life however they like, you know? And if, if if pharmaceuticals work for you and you want to take them, then, then do it, you know? And if you want to take this vaccine, you go right ahead. But I've never relied on um, pharmaceuticals for my health. And I, never ever get sick um i don't have any health problems never have and i knock on wood that i never will until the day my body just says oh it's your time to go good night but uh yeah man i kind of woke up like as far as that goes when i was in high school and i used to suffer from uh, allergies and asthma of course i had no idea that 
back then that the majority of people who suffer from asthma, it's all dairy related, almost all of them, a mucus that it forms and the body is dreadful and it, 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 it's, it's a killer, it's a killer. But um, I didn't drink a whole lot of milk though, really at all, I would have, so I, I knew it wasn't from that. Um, but let me go back to before I even started looking at this. So I had asthma and I had allergies. Now, a lot of people get allergies in Florida because there's all kinds of plant life and, and, um, and you know, spores galore. And so some people react differently when this shit happens. I've always been more sensitive to uh, pet dander and uh, tobacco, uh, which is, I mean, cigarettes, I should be more specific, the fucking toxic shit they put in them. And once people smoke that shit around me and I smell the smoke, I I can even flare up now. A yeah, bit. I'm the exact same. Yeah, I get the same yeah. reaction. Yeah. But I was taking this, I was taking this um, pharmaceutical for allergies and asthma, and it was actually working. At least I wasn't, you know, getting the allergies and asthma, but I felt groggy and, and strange. And um, I didn't like it. Um, I don't like it at all. And so I pretty much stopped taking it. And then I started getting asthma and allergy again. And I decided, well, maybe I should get some just to alleviate this, this, um, you know, these very frustrating, um, debilitating uh, effects that I was experiencing. I'll take it for like a week and then go back off it. Well, then I found out from my doctor at the time that you could no longer get this in the US. It was only available in Canada. And I remember being 16 years old and wondering, wait a minute, if the medical community is here to help us and they're here to create drugs to help people's ailments, why would it only be available in one country and not another country? Is this political? Is this financial? What is, and that kind of opened my eyes to start exploring what this was all about. And I stumbled across um, holistic healing. And I, I got this book on how to heal asthma and allergies naturally. And it was a thin book. I, um, so it was very easy to, to get through. And I wrote down all the supplements they recommended. Uh, quercetin was one of them. Uh, I still take it to this day, which is derived from the skin of grapes and uh, other fruits and just big antioxidant properties. And what it does is it sublimates your histamine response. So even if you're presented with something that your body would normally have a histamine flare up toward, it, it prevents that from happening. It doesn't happen at all. Um, and then of course, a myriad of other things. And uh, I eliminated my asthma and allergies within, within you know, weeks and uh, I never went back. And so um, I got, you know, in, into um, basically a natural approach to life at a, at a younger age. And, um, and it served me very well throughout my life. I, I, I honestly have never had any health ailments whatsoever. And, you know, I know some of that is probably because I've been blessed with a relatively good set of genetics, possibly. But from all the studies that I have read, you know, genetics plays 10%, maybe 15. Uh, the rest is, is diet and lifestyle. And, um, you know, if you have family members, well, I don't, I'm not going to start talking too much about it because then we're actually, we're prescribing advice and that could 
get your shit shut down. So I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not giving medical advice whatsoever. Uh, I'm not authorized to give medical advice. And I certainly do not possess a sliver of the knowledge that somebody in a little white lab coat and a fucking, um, what are those things called? That they, stethoscope. Yeah, stethoscope possesses folks. I'm just saying that um, I've done quite well for myself um, taking herbs and supplements. And whenever I get sick, I take vitamins and herbs. And even more importantly, I'll, I'll just consume, you know, very light foods like melons and berries and a lot of water with fresh lemon squeezed in that baby. And I clean my system out and um, I feel great. A few days later, I, I'm, I'm, that's that, man. Um, so I know that people have been raised taking um, pharmaceuticals and they believe in pharmaceuticals. And if that works for you, then, then by all means, you know, pursue your, your path. That is basically what we all should do as human beings is have the right to pursue our path to, to make a living, to be able to gather, to have free speech, to be able to um, democratically elect our, our representatives who should be working for us, not for the people who are bribing their scandalous asses. Um, but again, humans are humans and uh, they're so easily corruptible and you put a little money in some men's pockets and they just turn into a fucking monster overnight. Um, grandiose self-importance and think there's somebody like- And it's all over, it's all over the world. And you know, you're just on about like the natural ingredients. I Like I used to have whooping cough. I used to like have a lot of asthma as well. And I was sick a lot when I was younger. And, and like my parents were, you know, bringing me to the doctor, trying to do the best they could. And like, it was antibiotics after antibiotics and now I like I use all natural stuff. If I feel something coming on, I have zero pharmaceuticals in the house. And yeah. what I have noticed, because I mean, I've got friends all over the world. Those that are stocked up shelves of the pharmaceuticals, they're the ones that are constantly sick. The people that yeah. don't take them aren't. Yeah. So maybe maybe ask yourself that question. Yeah. And the other thing that pissed me off at a young age was that you know, I went to places, other countries, um, and, and noticed that there were pharmacies like all over the place and your average Joe citizen could just go in and buy something that they needed um, for a, a particular ailment or whatever. Granted, the person at the desk would would ask what they had. They, they'd give them some cursory questionnaire and kind of sort out what would be best for them and they buy it, no issues. But in the States, I noticed, oh, you have to go through a doctor and the doctor has to approve it, that should piss off anybody with the slightest sense of self-respect and dignity. And then you realize, well, obviously these people are, are recommending drugs that they're getting incentives to push. That's not rocket science. It's not an evil conspiracy. It's fucking business, people. You know, it's, it's business. It's the same thing whether you're selling wine and spirits. Like, you know, I've been in wine spirits, as you know, many years. And there's, there's distributor houses that a, a certain supplier will, will tell the VP or president, hey, if you can move this many cases of this whiskey or this vodka or this gin or whatever, I'm going to send you on a golf trip to, you know, wherever in Mexico, blah, blah, blah. Guess what the sales reps are pushing for the next month? Guess what they're incentivized to push? That's how it works. It, it's, it's very base. It's almost laughable. 
but that's business. That shit works in, in a myriad of different industries. It's happening in every industry. I even remember a chef one time, uh, like he was in a Michelin star restaurant and he was basically making sure that he was getting golf trips and everything before he'd buy the food in. Like, so yeah. there's bribery going on at all different levels. And all I say is look at yourself in the mirror at night and say, you know, is what I'm doing ethical? Am I kind yep. of doing right for my family, you know, and my spouse? Because most aren't. Yeah, no, they're not. They're not at all. Um, and that just that that alone is like reason to just shake your head and realize that we're really not as evolved as as we think we are <laughs> quite yet. But you know, one thing that I, I mentioned the other day to somebody that that is fascinating to me, and I'm wondering if this might come into play at some point. Um, there's a story, uh, a, I saw this again on Joe Rogan. It's, it's funny because I don't even, I don't watch him anymore um, for reasons we'll discuss later. But he does have fascinating people on and he does have a, a, a remarkable interview style. Um, I think he puts people at ease and does just does genuine engaging dialogue. And I think he's one of the best. No, he is. He's very good. Yeah. Yeah. World, hands down. Um, and I love his commentary on the UFC. I'm a huge mixed martial arts fan. Um, and uh, so, you know, not dissing um, Joe, just stating for particular uh, reasons, which we'll discuss off air, why I'm, I'm not following any longer. But I don't know how I stumbled upon this. Um, it was in some social media feed, of course. And he was talking to a guy who was telling him a story about an older gentleman who had a chimpanzee at some point and the chimpanzee got to a point as they do where you can't have them in your house any longer uh, since they have the strength of 10 men and can fucking tear you apart at the at a whim and he had to bring this chimpanzee to a, a chimp rescue center so the chimps in the rescue center uh with fellow chimps and he still went back to see him i guess several times a year i would hope and uh, at one point it was the chimp's birthday and he brought the chimp a birthday cake. It was a small little cake and he gave it to the chimp and the chimp was all happy and life was good. Well, there were three other chimps who noticed this dude come into their place and give cake to only one of the chimps. That pissed them off because apparently chimpanzees have developed a sense of not right and wrong, but like uh, favoritism. They, they're not fans of, of somebody playing favoritism when it comes to, I guess the point is they like you to share with the tribe. And this motherfucker didn't share with the tribe. So three of these chimpanzees figured out a way to get out of their cages and they attacked this guy. He was like 61 years old. They attacked his dick because they know they know instinctively that as humans well because we're related let's face it um they know that we rely on our hands you know for fruit picking uh and for eating and they rely on our mouth so they bit off his fucking hands they fucked up his face they tore off his face and they tore off his dick um or or mangled his dick and i can't even imagine the horror that this i mean could you imagine having three chimps attack you and rip your sh I mean that's like a, a nightmare beyond description right 
Okay, so why am I talking about this? If chimpanzees have this innate knowledge of, of injustice and unfairness and paying it back with great <laughs> murderous um, intention, how long is it gonna take before our fellow species starts to wake up to the fact that the assholes that are giving us orders are not following the same orders. What's right for thee is not right for me. And my thought is that could be an important crack in this entire matrix is when people start realizing, like I live in you know Denver and um, our mayor, who's been just the, the best little dutiful poster, poster boy ever for this shit, um, what just gave this very pious um, post on his Twitter about the importance of staying home, um, not having people together for Thanksgiving, not traveling, yada, yada, yada. Um, 30 minutes after posting that, he was caught at the airport flying to Mississippi to do Thanksgiving with his family. Then, of course, we have Governor Newsom, you know, going to dinners with lobbyists, not like his family, not like good friends, lobbyists at the French Laundry for like $350 a person. And of course, the mayor from, or the governor of Jersey out dining, and it's so dangerous to be out. Um, of course, Nancy Pelosi, you know, all salons have to be closed, but she's allowed to go get her hair done during a deadly pandemic, maskless, might I add. Um, the list goes on of these political figures who are shutting down businesses, telling you, you can't open your shit, you can't make a living, violating your constitutional right to earn a living and for all of your staff and employees and the entire supply chain that relies on your restaurant or bar to survive as well. But they're out doing the things that you're not supposed to do. And I'm like, maybe that'll wake up the sheeple out of their slumber. But it's not. Um, it's not. Instead of being outraged that of the fact that you obviously don't believe there's a pandemic because if you did, you wouldn't be getting on a plane and flying across the country. Instead, they're saying, you should be living by example. That's not nice. You didn't live by example. Not putting two and two together to realize that if this guy really thought this was very, you know, dangerous and deadly, would he be getting on a plane? Because I know if there was a pandemic, my ass would not get on a plane. If there was a pandemic, I would not be out in public for fucking anything. I'd have everything delivered. But obviously we're not in that case. And that's why I'm not locked out at home like a neurotic fucking freakazoid. But at some point, when are people going to wake up and realize people aren't dropping dead left and right? The numbers themselves are saying that this is not a pandemic. The only reason you think this is a pandemic is you're listening to what the media is telling you and what Dr. Fauci is telling you. And sorry, Dr. Fauci is not the only scientist in the world. And Dr. Fauci is a very tainted scientist who has a very long, uh, unfavorable history. And a lot of um, people in the gay community will remember his not so um, lovely dealings in the 80s with the AIDS epidemic that took place. And funny that all of the gays that I know of who took AZT died. All of the gays who didn't take AZT lived.
funny how that worked, but AZT was lauded and praised by him as the, as the savior to help people that were, you know, struggling fighting AIDS and HIV. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know where we're at. I, I think I do see, I don't know about you. I see like a crack. I do see a crack. I see some light shining through. I see more people questioning than I have the entire time. And I think one of the things that's really woken some people up recently is just this, this insane um, carrot dangling of the vaccine. Like you may or may not have bodily freedom if you don't take it. Is that what a government says who cares about their people? You know, like, come on, at some point, people have to start questioning a little more. And I, and again, it's common sense preaching to the choir, but I think this is one of the reasons that they wanna ban centers of social engagement. They don't want people sitting in coffee shops, in pubs, having a few drinks, talking about their experiences. How many people do you know who've been hospitalized? How many people do you know? Well, and then this is like what they want to stop. They want to, and on top of that, they want to just stop general laughter, celebration, um, enjoy. It's a very creepy thing. Like, and you know, when you can't see somebody's face and as social creatures over, you know, centuries of evolution, we've developed a way of studying and reading somebody by their gestures and picking up on social cues and trying to see whether somebody's a creep or whether somebody is a friendly um, human being worth engaging. Now that's all being stripped away and you just see this like this ocean of masked zombies walking around and it's really hard to maneuver your way and have any type of normal human interchange. And that to me is dark and creepy enough as it is, not even to add in all the other elements of this. Um, yeah, man. No, no, you... no, no. It's like, I mean, it, like you're you're on about the monkeys earlier. Like, you know, it, sometimes I don't know has evolution actually gone back for some people. You know, because because uh, even the monkeys understand that this is wrong, and yet, you know, society is like yeah. the, the worst thing is I I really if somebody wants to do it, wear a mask. Grand, wear your mask. If somebody wants an injection, grand. Believe all that. Yeah, get your. But don't be attacking, like, because, I mean, you've seen that as well. Like, do you have a lot of these people, they're attacking people just trying to get the information out. Like, loads of people are doing this out of the goodness of their heart because they, like, I mean, I don't want my child to be grown up. I, I mean, I've seen it. I, I know a lot, like yourself, we know layers a hundred times deeper. You can't even tell half the stuff because people wouldn't believe it. You know, just, mm-hmm. like, I even see sometimes, you know, when intelligent people, I'm having conversations and I know, okay, I have to take a layer back because you can see the shock in their face. They'd actually, and I mean, you're like me, you'd have the information at hand that you go, okay, if you don't believe me, have a look at this. And they just get, they go into kind of like depression. And I think sometimes they just switch off. They're saying, I'm better off not knowing. And maybe 20 years ago, people were saying, just get on with your own life. But now you've no free, like, I don't feel like a free man. I've, you know, I feel like no. I can't do nothing. Like, you know, I have to wear my, I mean, I don't, I put it on my chin, but if I don't, they will not only find you, but your con gets straight away to take it out of them. Doesn't like you try to fight that in court. You're fighting a court system that's corrupt. So, you know, I mean, I never had it on my uh, on my nose, but I just lately I just go around, I just leave it on my chin and nobody's saying anything. Nothing. But it's like you said, you have an, an ultra tin. Because if you don't, 
you'll have the police. You don't want that hassle. And unfortunately, a lot of them, they don't even understand it. Like, you know, they're, one, they're protecting their job. You know, the fair factor as well. They, they don't want to lose their job. So they can't step out because if they do, they'd probably get get it a lot worse as a kind of an example to the other, you know, police officers or military. Absolutely. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, what was I, I was just thinking of, oh, geez, what was it you were just saying about the, uh, the masks and the um, basically related to just people, people forced to wear a mask for eight to 10 hours a day at their jobs. I really, really feel for these people because a lot of them, you know, whether they believe in this or not, most of them really don't want to be wearing a mask for 10 hours a day. It, it, at the very least, it causes weird acne and skin rashes around the, the area. Um, it's very uncomfortable. Um, at worst, it's depriving your body of oxygen. And oxygen is, is as important to us as sunlight is to the majority of the plant kingdom. It's vital. Um, and it should not be restricted under any circumstance. And I don't know how we've gotten from the point where, you know, in parts of Asia, people will wear a mask when they have a, a cold or flu because they're respectfully trying to prevent other people from catching it, which kudos to you. I get that. I gather it. Yeah. Um, that, that's respectable. But now suddenly healthy people are supposed to be wearing them and healthy people are supposed to be quarantined and Healthy people are now potentially actually sick. You, you might be sick, but you won't know unless you get tested. No, no, motherfucker. I'll know when I'm sick. Believe me, I don't need you to tell me. And I don't need a PCR test who the founder specifically stated should never be used to test for a virus or an illness of any kind. Uh, and in, in again, the fact that your average person out there doesn't even know what a PCR test is and doesn't know that the coronavirus, COVID-19 has not been isolated in a lab. And that there Portugal, the courts in Portugal proved that it doesn't test for it. So in reality, every country in Europe, especially, because we're all supposed to have the same laws there, should be able to go, okay, this is all fake and throw it out but no everyone yeah. now has to fight their own battle but it's nice to see a few wins and i don't know did you see the thing in denmark as well where they had the pots and pans and they they were standing outside parliament so it just shows like but, but you you should explain that for the people who aren't aware of that what happened with denmark they were they were trying to pass a mandatory vaccination law on on the people in denmark and uh they gathered in mass like by thousands in front of parliament and literally banged pots and pans 24 hours a day. Yeah, it took nine days, but they got it overruled. Yeah. So, you know, like, I mean, it's it's a shame we have to stoop to that level because of a Like some people think this the one percenters. It's not the one percenters. There's even a fraction of a percent that's pulling the strings to this. That the problem is there is there's thousands, millions that are compliant with it. And they're just going yeah. along and they think nothing of it. They think... It's not my responsibility. It's like the people in the concentration camps and, and other things. Oh, I was only doing what I was told. You know, that's not yeah. acceptable. I, I, I called everybody accountable. If you're the doctor that is writing COVID when they didn't die of COVID, that's criminal to me. You know, if you're giving injections and you know that they're dangerous, that's criminal. If you're getting the kickback 
and you're giving somebody medication because you're getting in a, you know, a certain percentage from that, you should be locked up and the key thrown away and all your assets taken and pension fund given towards the actual victims of these things that had no control over it. Because in the type of society we live where people are indoctrinated as a young age to, to not question quote unquote experts and, uh, and authority, like we said earlier, you know, the school is basically an indoctrination camp to teach you to regurgitate what you have been told to think by the um, schoolmaster. I think people are are particularly vulnerable to being um, manipulated by people who they feel that they should be able to trust. Just like with, you know, how these sick fucking pedophiles are able to prey on children, you know, and uh, the church and Boy Scouts and organizations where parents naively think, oh, well, the, you know, you could trust these people. <laughs> the last fucking place I trust my kid is with a fucking priest at a Boy Scout camp. But anyway, <laughs> no offense to my friends who, who think otherwise, but I, I, you know, ah, I don't know, man. I, I, um, I think that in general, uh, when you look at humanity as a mass, 70% of them are followers, 30% are leaders. And I think it's indoctrinated in, in us as a species, just like with dogs, just like with cats and, and well, not so much cats because they'll fight fucking left and right. And they're constantly trying to challenge each other's dominion over each other. But dogs kind of respect the alpha and uh, apes certainly respect the alpha um, to a degree until they get older and they can kill them. Um, and humans, the same thing. We like, we go along, we follow whoever the perceived leaders are and experts. And that's highly manipulative. And um, it's very dark and creepy when those people do not have the best interests of their constituents at heart. And um, I think I, I'm very, I'm very intrigued by the notion of being a fly on the wall in some of these boardrooms with politicians and, and global leaders to know just how much info these people know and what they don't know. You know, like, because if you're, you would think that they have, you would think that they have access to much more info than your average Joe, but yet, some of them still seem completely oblivious. So are they oblivious? Are they just relying on their little um, assistants to give them shit to read and going by that? Are they going by whatever news reports are coming out? Or are they actually asking for um, varying viewpoints to be brought? Because, you know, if I was a politician and I knew nothing and somebody told me this was happening, I would say, well, I want to see... Um, I want to see perspectives of all sides. Uh, I want to see doctors who think that this is a pandemic. I want to see doctors who don't. And I want to go through all the material and come to a conclusion. And, and bet your ass if I were a politician and I heard about Portugal's court passing that, um, that I would want my scientists to look into the PCR test. And I, 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 have you heard about this guy in Florida, Governor DeSantis? Well, there's a, there's a the governor of Florida just ordered some type of an in-depth study on the PCR test. And he's aware that it shouldn't, the, I don't know how to, to properly word this, but 
let me just put it this way. He is, he is organizing a study to look into the use of the PCR test and to determine its relevance to be using um, in the market with people to diagnose COVID-19. That could be a big crack in the system as well uh, in the states because governors often, just like monkeys in a playground, imitate each other. Um, you notice like once they do one thing, then the others follow suit. The same shit here, like if he actually gets the proper studies and analysis to prove this is a questionable means of um, diagnosis, then it's highly likely that other governors will follow suit. And maybe we might come to some degree of sanity and rationality uh, before we're in a, a fucking Mad Max episode or... <laughs> and, and that was actually set for 2021. So they'd want to get their finger out and start uh, more people coming out and start doing this because, you know, mm. this, yeah, well, that's, it's, that's it's moving slow. We're nearly a year at it now, like, you know. Well, what do you think's going to happen when people start taking the vaccine and then they start having ill effects? What do you think like, is going to happen? Is he because they're so conniving? What they'll probably do is they'll have uh, a few kind of ones without the toxic ingredients for the first couple of million. Because if there was loads dropping down, they knew it'd be stopped straight away. But they were originally saying you were getting one injection, that was it. Now it's a twice a year, I believe, and it's like for the rest of your life. So they'll slowly start changing the ingredients. So they will probably have normal not so toxic at the start and people go oh this is grand and then slowly the whole lot of us are i won't be getting it 100 percent. i'm not yeah um well here they're they're stating that it, it has to be more than two um which again I, I i just don't have words for anybody naive enough to to dap dance to that that little tune um yeah, I don't need toxins um, and, and viruses injected into my body to maintain um, a healthy immune system. In fact, I need the fucking opposite of that. So I'll stick to my, uh, my proper nutrition and getting as much sun as I can and as much body movement and sweat and blood flow and oxygen intake as possible. And something tells me I'm going to be just fine. Thank you very much. But there's a lot of frightened people out there. Many of my friends, many of my family, I'm sure the same with you. And that's the kind of thing that breaks my heart because I worry about people who I love dearly experiencing debilitating effects from not doing their due diligence and research. And the frightening thing is when you think due diligence and research is listening to the experts, then you're... And, and to a degree, that's true. You should follow the experts, but you should follow as many of them as humanly possible, not one and not two, especially not one that's in the business of selling vaccines. And another thing that most people aren't aware of, they always talk about the CDC and what the CDC recommends. The CDC is a vaccine company. They have patents on several vaccines. They sell vaccines. So... It's kind of like if you if you're if you're asking advice from a basically uh, I 
I don't know, man. It's well, such... well, basically, just uh, who approves the vaccines? The FDA. Do you know who actually uh, funds the FDA? Just uh, I'd say you know. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Pharmaceutical industry. So, oh, yeah, it's like yeah, they don't have a vested interest in that. Yeah, fuck the FDA. Let me make that very fucking loud and clear. Um, you know, the bullshit that they allow in our food system—they have zero integrity. No zero. So, I, I have zero no. respect for the FDA. Zero. No, no. Yeah, they are not uh, ethical. The CDC does engage in some you know, actual medical studies and, and is actually a little more truthful than our media because they've posted some updates about this that the media has pressured them to remove. Um, yeah, one where there were 6% of what the figures were. Yeah. Yeah. But 84% that, were all comorbidities. Yeah. They acknowledge this, the CDC, literally. And then the media prompted them to remove that and the media removed that. And then the World Health Organization actually stated that lockdowns are a, um, are, are a horrible thing, should never be enacted after, of course, they encourage them. It's more of this double speak, fuck with people's heads nonsense, I think, than, than oh, we just realized that they're not a good idea. But they were, they were actually saying that they, they're going to cause global poverty and we should reconsider them. You never saw that come out in the media. Yeah. At all. And and basically every government was saying they were just following the World Health Organization. So when that changed, why wasn't every single government saying we're following the World Health Organization, that lockdowns are actually not good? I mean, the reality is they're playing a game with people's lives. There is millions and millions of people dying, suicidal, depressed, losing everything because of these evil people. And you need to basically smash your television turn off the radio and just follow the good guys. There's a lot of good guys out there and you will see them. Once you get into the right circle, you will find that they'll be, you know, you, you'd be flooded with the correct information. There's, there's wonderful, wonderful resources out there. And um, I wonder if it might make sense to mention some of them. What do you think? Yeah, you mean, yeah, if you've got I mean, some. You know, I don't, I, or maybe that would, that would take too long. Maybe what we'll do is we'll do a follow-up episode and we'll have like a list of 20 reliable websites and podcasts that people can look to that in addition to our own, of course, that people want to look to for, um, you know, for some information. No, definitely. Because, uh, you know, there's sometimes because unfortunately the bad boys put out a few plants as if they're good boys and then you start yeah. following them. So no, definitely. We'll definitely do that. And yeah, look, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're probably on nearly two hours now, so we should, uh, we'll definitely set up another one. So how, how can, Robert, how can people get in contact with you? Well, first of all, just so everyone knows, my podcast as of thus far has not delved in anything uh, on the political spectrum as of yet. Uh, so mostly my podcast is all about um artisanal boutique uh, beverages, as I indicated before. I speak with people who, who uh, either create them or who import them or who market them or who uh, sell them. And we talk kind of about the, the process behind them. So if that's something that resonates with you, um, I, I think you might find my, my um, site interesting. And it's called Raise a Glass. And I, uh, I have a website, raiseaglass.com, I believe is what it is. And you can access it through there. But I'm on uh, Anchor, I'm on iTunes, and uh, I'm working on getting up on BitChute here as soon as 
as soon as Roy can teach me how to do video, <laughs> I'm actually going to have uh, videos on my podcast with my interviews and maybe some on-site interviews with um, actual, you know, visual as well as audio. So that's the best place to reach me is at raiseaglass.com. And um, yeah, and thanks for all of you who have been so patient to listen to us both uh, rant with each other. Hopefully you found some amusement, some comfort, and uh, you can relate on some level. I'm sure you can, or you wouldn't still be listening. <laughs> I think nobody will ever forget that monkey story anyway, because that's one I hadn't heard before. So <laughs> that in itself is actually eye-opening. So listen, Robert, it has been fantastic. And definitely we'll, we'll do again. I, I love that idea where we actually discuss the different websites that we trust and the stuff where we're getting some of our information from. Yeah, because Roy, imagine if, if you have no experience in, in you know, the the independent realm of podcasters and news and, and all of this. And you just, you, first of all, you go on YouTube, you're not going to find anything of much relevant substance because anything truly outside the spectrum of the mainstream is going to be banned. So then a, a lot of people out there, I, well, then again, we have, we have an audience that is familiar with dead shoots. So I think, I think they've already started their journey of analyzing beyond the, 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 um, the corporate media, but still there might be people that are stumbling upon you on YouTube that don't know where to begin to look into this. And so if we could provide them with some highly reputable names like Del, Del Bigtree um, is a great one from the high wire here in the US and, and we could go on and on and on, but we'll, we'll get there on the, on the next episode. But uh, it's been a pleasure, Roy, as usual. And uh, this is our first podcast, but we've certainly conversed before. And uh, it's just always, always um, on our little Zoom conferences with our fellow friends and colleagues that are uh, attempting to, uh, I don't know, to uh, hold each other's hands during this insanity and, and give ourselves some, um, some collective uh, patting on the shoulder that all is not lost and humanity is beautiful. Good does win over evil. And um, in the end, karma and justice and uh, righteousness works itself out. So we have to fight though, and we have to question, and we have to try to educate um, our fellow citizens and friends and family to, um, to think outside the box as well. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you, Robert. So that's all for the Awakening Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. I'm on BitChute. I'm on YouTube. Be sure to share with your friends. Give us a five-star rating. It all helps. Until next week, take care. This-